0: Australia in four, the United States in five. Off,
1: Mackenzie at the bottom, Stubbins above her, Schlanger in sixth, into the yellow line, Henry. We start, mules got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce, was short of Germany,
0: was away well. They'll
1: go to the wall all together, pick that one. Bloomer, in fact, ahead of Manuel and Hirsch Emanja.
0: What a shot! Peterson stamps her authority on another 200 press goal. Now Henry is starting to come out. Jodie Henry of Australia shading Jenny Thompson, has taken the lead here. The Australians have only won this race once. It was with Dawn Fraser in 1956, Henry's moving away. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last league.
1: Jodie Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be a yes! victory. <laughs> everyone and welcome once again to the shannon rollison podcast for another week thank you all very much for joining us um the host robbie cox obviously the host of off the block swimming podcast as well and with me is uh, the star of the show the man the podcast is named after mr shannon rollison shannon how are you mate yeah good robbie hello everyone that's out there listening We've got a few listeners, a couple of people. Your mum, you said. You've got a few people that, <laughs> that listen to the podcast. Um, just yeah, just straight off the bat, since we've we've brought that up, I just wanted to thank everyone. Uh, we've had a lot of good feedback lately, Shannon. On pool deck co- coaches coming up to me saying that they're really enjoying it, um, and they've got a lot out of the, the Stephen Tig episode, especially. They really enjoyed that, so thank you for Stephen for. For giving us his time as well, but um, yeah, thank you. To, we I enjoy it, and I, I know Shannon does as well. When people come up and say thank you, um, not that we do it for that reason, but we we do the podcast to hopefully you know help coaches out there if they're driving along and listening, and um, maybe sometimes Shannon's answering those questions that uh in a conference situation you might not put your hand up and and ask uh, myself included i was telling shannon earlier that was always me sitting in the back thinking oh i've got this question but i'm not gonna ask it <laughs> because everybody else seems like they know exactly what they're talking about and i've got no clue um but that's what we do this for so hopefully you know shannon or, or one of our special guests um you know will will give that answer but shannon i know, I know you enjoy the feedback as well
0: yeah, yeah, no, it's good. I'm glad uh, people, you know, getting
1: something out of it, so makes it worthwhile. Yeah, it makes it worthwhile. It makes our our uh, weekly catch ups uh, worth it, mate. I know my wife; she doesn't even stay around anymore. As soon as she knows I'm doing the Shannon Rollison podcast, she's out the door for two or three hours. Um, <laughs> she don't stick around anymore. She used to wait and she said, "Oh, we'll go for breakfast, or we'll go for lunch, or something." And not anymore. She's out. <laughs> she's out the door. Oh. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 reschedule. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, mate, that we, that we have been doing uh, is just a squad update. How, how's your squad going? How are they tracking? we what are we roughly seven, six, seven weeks out now from from uh, from Oz Champs? Yeah, no, good. I'm, I'm pretty happy.
0: Um, very happy with my breaststrokers. Uh, they did a good set last night, and um, one of one of my swimmers dropped. It's the third time we've done it. We started doing it before New South Wales. Um and
1: uh what
0: they dropped, yeah, you know, it's like a descending set. Mm. And um they dropped four, it was a two hundred breaths, and it was like uh five seconds from the last pre- last time they did it. The last time they did it, um you know, four or five days later at New South Wales, they did a PB. So, so that's good. You know, um, technically, I'm happy with where, you know, I've got three in my squad that do breaststroke, and I'm technically happy with all of them. And uh, so they're trugging along pretty good. Um, everyone's, you know, we're in the pointy end. So we're getting some kilometers done. We're getting some good, heavy work done. Um, I'm just, you know, as you sort of mentioned with Stephen, and then, and we, what we talked a little bit, we're just trying to keep the status quo in the gym, and um, and trying to make every um, every time we get up for a main set, trying to make that
1: count. So, um, um, mate, it is your own podcast, so I can ask this. What what was the set? What is that descending set you're talking about?
0: Uh, it's pretty basic. Um, it's just three 100s at A2 freestyle, and then a 200 breaststroke. Um, and then we, we went through that three times and the breaststroke was descend to, to max. So, okay. um, so, you yeah, know, the heart rate wise, they get up over, over 180. So, mm. so yeah, yeah. so I, two of my three did it. My, my youngest breaststroke she didn't do that. Um, she's not ready for that sort of stuff yet. So, but my two older,
1: um, swimmers did so. My own curiosity coming out now, mate, when they're doing the 200, are we getting more, in for, are they stroke counting, uh, any 50s? Are we getting rates on anything? What, what sort of data are you looking for? As, as obviously, we're getting heart rate, we're going to get a time. Are yeah. you looking for more out of it as well?
0: Yeah, rate-wise, I'm not too, I mean, both of them, um, one in particular I'm not too fussed about with counts. She's not that type of breaststroker but more important is is the rate for her um so I, I get that both of them i get rates and stuff like that whereas if i was doing that set with regga um it was more about um
1: the counts were a bit more important all right again i'm going to keep going into it <laughs> talk to me about the difference because um, i'm just i'm just thinking there's someone at home going Wait a second, what does he mean by that? So I'm going to ask the question, What is the what are you looking for in the difference when you say uh, stroke count doesn't matter, rate's probably more important for this swimmer versus Rega, as you said, probably stroke count needs to be on point. Yeah, so, so um, you know, like we, we talk about the fifth stroke
0: being the under, underwater, you know, I, I think so that means you've got four strokes. Well, mm-hmm. I think with breaststroke you've got, two different types of breaststroke. You've got a male, then you've got a male breaststroker and a female breaststroker. So we're probably looking at about four different types of breaststrokers.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and, um, you yeah, know, you've got people who need to keep their tempo up um, and then you've got someone who's a really big, you know, got a booming kick, got great streamline, which is what Rega had. Um, and so for, for her, uh, in a set like that, um training the you know as I always said you know big part of her training was breath control and the hypoxic nature of the way she swam mm-hmm. so you know so of course that was an element that I was always looking at whereas um the breaststroker I've got at the moment I, I if I was trying to get her to swim like Rega then it's just not gonna happen because the strengths are different. Whereas she, um, she's getting longer in a stroke, but, um, but she's never going to get to where Rega was. So I, I'm trying to, um, it's more of a rhythm and, 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 and getting her fitness through that rhythm um, and being in that window. So that window for her, like yesterday's in that sort of um, mid to high. 30s in stroke rate whereas uh you know regular would be you know in that low 30s the high 20s so so yeah so yeah it's about coaching the person in front of you um so um and not getting oh well and that's the beauty of breaststroke and i think when we did the breaststroke podcast it's the it's the one element of of coaching at the moment that stroke wise and and which stroke and all of that it really it's still got my interest because there's so many it's like an onion yeah,
1: yeah there's variations to it and so i'm assuming whilst stroke count isn't the major you're still looking for an efficient stroke count obviously you don't want to see just the rate up and they're not
0: yeah holding exactly. water
1: as you said you're still touching on it but it's not the main focus
0: yeah so, yeah, so I've, I've been coaching for a couple of years now and um, that's what I didn't like when I first started coaching. It was just all rate. So I've really spent a long time trying to pull that back and making it more efficient, yeah. um, trying to get rid of drag and, and all those sorts of things. Um, and now, now I'm sort of happy with it technically. Now I'm allowing the, the rate to come back. But it's not to where it was previous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. So it's a bit like you know what we have talked about with Stephen uh, Teg. You know, they, when when an older athlete comes in and they've done you know a lot of work or they swim a particular way, um, if you don't like that, you've got to you've got to take a few steps back, um, and not every athlete. Can do that, um, but uh, yeah, hopefully they can see see the long game and um, and and if they can do that and they can make some changes, then you know we'll, we'll see what happens. But you know, like she did a PB in, in work uh, at New South Wales, um, which I I was really pleased with. So and a consistency this year has been excellent. So um, so we'll see what happens in seven weeks or so. So hopefully. We can land the plane nice and smoothly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then the
1: rest of the group is going really well. Um, so, yeah. Land the plane. The the more I get to know you, the more I've really – you've got these one-liners, these little things, and we're going to talk about another one in a second. You just, you've always got these little sort of one-liners. The next one that we're going to talk about is Slay Your Dragon, um, and, and we're going to talk about – um matt trodden loves them <laughs> <laughs> then you listen to the podcast for them <laughs> we're going to talk about the retirement of ash barty uh, congratulations to ash i know she's not going to be listening to this podcast but uh, i know you know i along with a lot of other people and i'm sure shannon yourself as well are a big fan of hers the way she carries herself the way she goes about her business she's very unassuming She's not necessarily probably the, the star child prodigy that some of the others are coming through, but she worked at it. She set her goals. She worked hard. She's achieved them. Talk to me about, obviously, you can talk to, to the retirement of Ash as well, but I learned the saying, slay your dragon from you. <laughs> so talk to us about what does slaying your dragon mean and then how does that correlate to, to Ash Barty? Uh yeah, no, um, I was a bit shocked yesterday, and um, but
0: uh, like like just about everybody probably was. Um, and no, uh, congratulations to um, Ash. I mean, great career. Uh, obviously, very talented. Um, and uh, I think yesterday I heard you know it was in her second year of playing tennis, she won junior Wimbledon, then she went off to cricket. So hand eye coordination's excellent, and uh, came back to tennis but uh yeah slay your dragon um (laughs) i was doing coach capture with ron mccann yesterday um and uh we in in that piece um i I mentioned slaying your dragon and and then i went through the explanation which is basically just um you know you you set out in a career and, and you have certain goals and, um, and once you achieve those goals, which is basically slaying your dragon, um, you're, at, you're at peace with, with yourself, um, you can move on if, if that's what you want to do uh, or you can take a, a slightly different role and allow people around you to t- take centre stage. It uh, doesn't mean your career is over it just doesn't mean that um, you, you you've evolved and and I I picked up the term from um, being at a wedding uh, and talking to a, a psychologist it was a psychologist's wedding so you know when you're at the table it's like going to a coach's wedding there's just coaches everywhere well the same happens with psychologists i suppose com- comedians would be the same wouldn't they you
1: know? yeah they would they would <laughs>
0: so you end up in a you know you know mental discussion you know and uh dave else you know i'd been long time friends with him and he helped me a lot in my career early on in the 90s and it was about 2010 and uh uh this guy said to me after uh, you know talking to him and elspeth was with me and um he said oh it sounds like you've slayed your dragon so um and uh i was talking to ron mckeon about it and you yeah, and who, know who knows i think ash is um,
1: 25 or something she, she's only young
0: yeah she's 25 and um yeah that, that brings me on to a, a, another you know i don't think um you know and we'll probably hear oh she could have kept going and she you know did she really reach her potential or you know and, and i've had you know um, jo- when jody uh, henry was put in the swimming hall of fame australian swimming hall of fame you know there was people saying she never reached her potential and you know, like, as I said to you, you know, she was the Commonwealth champion, world champion, Olympic champion, world record holder. Uh, I, I sort of thought she did reach a potential. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. is is reaching a potential mean you've got to just keep swimming till you're 25, 26? Is, it, is reaching a potential just a time thing or, I mean, you know, if you, if you hang around long enough, they'll change the rules, you know. Um, as I said to you earlier, soon they'll allow six dolphin kicks and you, you do a PP and you're 33, oh, i reached my potential. Mm, maybe not. Maybe they just changed the rules. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, with Ash, she's won everything, hasn't she? Like number one in the world for three years. You know, I don't think uh, there has to be a certain age on reaching your potential. And if you're... If you retire at twenty-two, oh, you haven't reached your potential. Well, if you've achieved everything you want, I think that's freedom. You know, you can you can move on. Um, 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 you know, I, I think sometimes there's too too many swimmers that swim for too long and then they get a bit bitter. Um, and you know, oh uh, yeah, you see it in boxing too, don't you? You know the, well, I do, you know, you know, this this is one or two many too long. And for me personally, as a coach, you know, I'd rather re- finish coaching earlier than later. So, yeah. um, I've always been a bit of a strong believer on that. Um, and, and, and
1: different people reach their potential at different ages. So, as a coach, we've got to keep that in mind. You know, it's interesting with Ash. I do wonder. We talk about slay your dragon. Has she not have won the Australian Open? Would we be having this conversation? Would would that still be a dragon there that she, she'd want to chase one more year? Yeah, probably so, you know.
0: But um, we'll see what she says today. But, yeah, that's what slay your dragon means. You yeah, know, when you've achieved everything you want um, and you want to move on with life and do other things and stuff. So, mm. and, and I asked this fella, I said, what about those coaches or swimmers that just – you know they're olympic champions or they've coached them and they just keep wanting it. and he said well they haven't slayed their
1: dragon so it's different for different people so mm. be interesting to know what those sort of what that drought like a greg troy who's his coach for so long uh continued you know olympian after olympian after olympian in the college system i think last when i spoke to him he had 68 olympians he'd coached what is his dragon like <laughs> at yeah. what point do you go, Greg, mate? You've you've done a fair bit here, uh, but obviously, yeah, he he just enjoys it, and there's still that hunger as as we've talked about. Um, a question came to mind while we've talked about this, Shannon. Is there ever a point do you think where the dragon could be dangerous? Is there ever a point where you think that dragon can can get the better of you, and you're not really, you know, if you know what I'm trying to say? Like, is there ever a point where you know, we all go through it. I go through it myself where I'm questioning, do I know what I'm doing? Am I actually doing the right thing here? Am I wasting my time? I've got the dragon that I want to slay, but I don't know if we're going to get there. Then there's days where you feel like you're, you're really close to it and you might get there. Is Can it be dangerous, do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, the, yeah, the, the element of being a swimmer or, or a swimming coach is repeating a lot of things. So you have to have that, um, uh, I forget the word, but that nature of just doing the same thing over and over again. Um, And, uh, you know, I think the danger comes when it it becomes all-consuming and you haven't got enough balance. And, you know, you see um, marriage breakups a lot and they, I'm not sure statistically what they are now. I think they're better than what they used to be, but um, they were horrendous when I started coaching in the 90s and a lot of older coaches. And one of my coaches, um, Mr. Joe King, he, he's, he yeah, said to me, your greatest challenge in coaching will be keeping your, your marriage and your family. So um, when it becomes all-consuming, then I think, it, yes, it does become dangerous. And it's funny, you know, like um, I never forgot, yeah, uh, Mr. we used to always refer to him as Mr. King. And um, and I was co-trained uh, with him at Leander at Stone's Corner um, in the 80s and the, <clears throat> in the early 90s. And um, I, he said, I, you know, take me to lunch and we'll talk about swimming. I thought it was going to be, you know, technical stuff. And that's that's what he talked to me about. And I've never forgotten it. And um and, and I had a lot of, yeah, you know, when you looked around the room, you you know, yeah. two marriages, marriage breakup, it was just everywhere. So um I've always had kept that in mind. And um yeah, I mean, for me personally, I've achieved everything that I've set out to do. Um and uh, yeah, it was one of the things that was at front of mind when I was in Denmark, and and there was some struggles there with with my family and stuff. So, um, and my kids, and um, you know, and I thought, well, yeah, really, what else is, have you got to do? Um, don't be selfish and, and and put the family first, you know. So. Um, so, yeah, so and I think the successes that I'd had, uh, and even um, over in Denmark, um, that enabled me to make that decision, you know, um, you know it would have been much dif- more difficult decision if if I hadn't have had any uh, success and I was still sort of but I've always had that all right, I've got to keep this balance here, you know um, so. I think it can be really dangerous, you know. And then, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's just the commitment to be a swimming coach at the top level, it's the same as being a a swimmer, you know. The amount of things you have to put off, you know, like, um, you know, Ron McKeon's retiring on the 30th of June, you know, so that's – it'd be interesting to see who replaces him, but – yeah, you know, I asked him, and he said, "Well, I think the time's right. He needs to support, um, you know, his, his wife and, and and the business that she has, and um, it just allows them a bit more freedom to get up and go when they, you know, if they want to do things." Yeah. So, um, yeah, the commitment. To coach at the top level, just swimming in even national level, you know, you're just always working towards something, aren't
1: you? So, um,
0: it's it's not easy to keep that balance.
1: So, yeah, no, not at all. And, um, I, I quite enjoy the idea of always working towards something because I find it, you know, keeps my brain active and it keeps me looking forward and I'm never sort of looking back and we're not sort of caught in the middle. But, um, You know i do find myself especially lately and for any of your coaches who are listening you might resonate with this you might not but lately i've just I, i don't know i feel grumpier shannon because all of a sudden we're getting gearing towards the end and everything's you know even though it should have meant just as much at the beginning of the season now it means you know it's meaning more so everything's sort of under a magnifying glass for every set and everything and you know, yesterday I, I was I was getting cranky at the assistant coaches. You know, get out of the lane, hurry up, move. It's time to move on. Look at the time. You know, because lane space is precious. And I'd normally ask a lot nicer than that, but you know, we just we had to get this stuff done. So I don't know if anybody else is feeling that. You know, maybe it's feeling the pinch, or maybe it's just it's getting closer to game time. So now you know, now my my energy shifts. But um, you've got to keep you cool now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the that's the trick of it, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is becoming more important, but um, you, you've got to uh, you got to keep your cool about what you're doing. Um, and you know, yeah, it's like going into the Olympics and talking to someone before the Olympic final. You can say this is it, it's all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't make a mistake, and you know, which is all that sort of chat is what i sort of call pouring petrol on the fire (laughs) or you can just do the same as it's just a race everything else around it is different but what you actually have to do is no different yeah you just gotta swim down and back if it's you know two laps so it's important as a coach that you're not being completely different because they pick up on it and all. So, so, you know, it's the same thing, right? And, and that begins in this last phase, you know. Um, so the, the other thing to keep in mind is, um, so this is saying, uh, excellence doesn't require perfection or perfection doesn't require X or something like that, which just basically means things can go wrong and you can still really perform. Yeah, It doesn't have to be squeaky clean, you know, Um, and all the training in, in that long prep allows for things to go wrong and it's just how you deal with what goes wrong. You can deal with it poorly or you can deal with it well. So, and that is the only thing as a coach that you are in control of. You're not in control when the gun goes, <laughs> but you are in control of yourself and how you um, how you're dealing with pressures, how you're dealing with the biggest race of your life yeah. as a coach, how um, you know you're dealing with the injuries in the lead up, or dealing with with whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah ken woods once said to me don't sweat the small stuff it's a good thing to keep in
1: mind yeah no it's great advice i um fortunate enough to have talked to many coaches on the podcast and talking to you but i remember talking to bob bowman and i asked him oh what did you say to michael before his races or i can't remember how i worded it it was a while ago after we spoke now but i remember his answer was well it certainly wasn't anything to do with swimming yeah, he said. He said, if I if I hadn't talked about everything we needed to till that point, well, then you know we hadn't done our job. So, you know, he said he just talked about you know whatever it was, or maybe a you've got it or something like just a little nod or something. But it wasn't anything about race planning or anything like that. And um, you know, to your point, um, for me personally, I, th- I think I've done a good job in terms of meat at the moment. I've I've learned to stay very um calm and and centered and if it's a good race i'm still centered if it's a bad race i'm still centered i guess i'm still working on uh the the lead up to that to that meet though and keeping my my energy levels where they need to be um but yeah i think we'll circle back to that slay your dragon at some point that might even be an episode if we can work it to keep it long format where people aren't falling asleep, but they're going to get something out of it as well. Um, I think we can work it in because I think it's a, it's an intriguing conversation and there's different layers. As we said, there's the, the positive layer. Oh, you slayed your dragon. There's the sort of the other side of it where, Oh, you haven't, (laughs) you still haven't. So, which as we just discussed, it, it can be dangerous. Um, I want to move on to what obviously people clicked on today to, to see you would have saw in The title it is sprint freestyle and obviously who better to talk to about sprint freestyle than Shannon. Um, you know, Shannon, in terms of, you know, sprinting, we, we already know, and we spoke about Jody's spoke about Alice, but obviously with some of the success you had over in Denmark as well. And, uh, when it comes to sprinting, I feel like that's a dragon you've slayed. You, you feel, you must feel pretty confident and comfortable in that area. Um when when I say sprint freestyle to you, what, what sort of what memories come back to you? Uh all all the sprint freestylers
0: that I've coached, I suppose. Um and and even within yeah, you know, we talked about breaststroke being differences in, in sprint freestyle there are as well, you know. Like uh if we're talking, I mean real sprinting is just 50. Yeah. Um, and they're there hasn't been, hasn't really been too many preps where I've only just done that. Um, I, I've, I've got a, what I I think is potentially quite a good sprinter, um, in my squad at the moment. Um, he's, he's a male uh, swimmer. Um, and he's, he's been with me for probably 14, 15 months. And I, 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 I haven't had a, a sprinter since 2016. So um, so that's quite good. Um, and I'm actually thinking I'm going to try and set him a bit more for the 50. Although, the, you know, over the last year, we've been, um, I've just been trying to increase his capacities, his, his uh, ability just to train. When he first came in, he couldn't even do 25 meters underwater, one, not one, like. And we do quite a series of of across the pools and things like that. So, um, but he's he's really good. He's thorough, and um, you know, I've really put a lot of um, time into him. Not thinking that it's okay not to keep up, you know. And uh, so, and that's one of the things, you know, with sprinting. You know, I think. Um, have you got a, a 50, 100 person, or have you got a hundred person who could maybe do a 200 mm. in the case of, you know, Jodie Henry, she didn't want to do the 200. Actually, if it was her choice, she would have only done the 50. But, <laughs> uh, she, uh, she didn't have a good enough start. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, so the rest is history. But, yeah, Alice Mills was certainly someone, I mean, Alice had a, a wide range. She was good across the four strokes. She was you know, good from the 50 through to the 200. Um, having said that, she, you know, she wasn't as um, 200 as, as Jade certainly, um, and the type of sets that both of them were good at were different, and Alice certainly leaned closer towards the 50, 50 um, and, and her 200 was like an, the 200 IM. Um, even though she swam, had the Olympics in the 4x2 um, freestyle and she was a good, you know, she was a 159 girl when 158 won the Olympics. Um, 200 IM though, you know, she got second to Kochkova in 2003 uh, and, and her last lap was 29, which was unheard of. Um, so she had that ca- capability, but she was just so fast. Like, you know... You, you never put Jody and Alice beside each other because you'd say go, and and Alice was like twang, she was just gone <laughs> like an absolute coiled spring. But Jody'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, I think I'll go now. <laughs> you know when two kids push off and there's like you say go at the same time, there's about seven tenths of a difference. Yeah, and I I don't know about you, but I always try to put the people who are similar in their reaction. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so and Alice swam the second fastest time ever um, in in two thousand and five to to the world record, which was Inga de Bruin. So so back then it was like twenty four four. Um, Alice went. So yeah, you know, if I had have only trained Alice for the fifty, she certainly you know, was capable of that. Whereas you know, Jody, uh, I, well, I never certainly I never thought it was uh, it was warranted, although. You know speed you always got to have some speed and Jodie was always ranked in the you know top ten in the world so around that number six sort of area um,
1: is it a is it an event that say that fifty freestyle I know obviously um I've had Brett Hawke on the podcast and he's a big advocate for obviously sprinters and yeah. more predominantly probably male sprinters, but still sprinting in general and that pure fifty meter sprint do you think in Australia? We, we devalue that event? Do you think in Australia yeah. we, we just don't look at it as, you know, I know probably when you look back in the past, not only do we devalue it, it's probably looked at as like, ah, they're not even swimmers. 50-metre 50, 50 sprinter, it's not. Now obviously we're a bit more educated. We look more across the board. We realise that they're very different athletes uh, and what they can do, not many others can do in terms of, um, you know, their, their speed and, and the power. Do you think that's something we're getting better at uh yeah well it it's hard to you know say at australian
0: level you know team level but i i'd be surprised if it weren't certainly um when you know when i in my time on the australian team it was yeah it wasn't valued at all mm. and i um actually really pushed hard in 2003 for um see prior to that everyone had to be in the grandstand and um i pushed really hard in, in in the staging camp that athletes didn't have to be in the grandstand every single day um and that that was costing them mentally by doing so and um you know, people were saying, oh, are you saying it's harder in the grandstand than, you know, uh, Ian Thorpe and Grant Hackett who who've got seven races or something and, you know, they're out there racing. I'm like, well, it's a different hard. For starters, they're never in the grandstand because they're always swimming. They're always in control of their emotions. Yet if you're a sprinter and you're just, you know, the world champs and, and the... You know, a lot of the 50s were at the end. Yep. And um, if you're sitting in the grandstand for six days and there's been umpteen world records, the meat super, the teams having fantastic meet, you get you get to your race and you just all, all you know,
1: all the energy's gone. Yeah, you're spent,
0: and you're not even aware of it because you've been caught up in the moment all the time. So Anyway, um, long story short, they reluctantly went. Mm, we'll see. We'll give it a go. You know, which was good of them. Um, yeah. And because uh, back then we had, um, it was a there was a head coach and then a men's team head coach and a women's team head coach. So it's like you're trying to convince three people. Um, and then there was some coaches. You know, they didn't give a rats up. Rats. Um, asked about the sprinters because they didn't have any. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking, oh, I've, you know, I've got one. Um, and Alice was in the 50 at the end of the week and she had the 200am at the start of the week. She had relays in between. So they came up with a thing. And in the end, that that went through for many years. Um, and we, we had an unbelievable meet. When you just looked at the 50s at 2003 World's, uh and in the women's Ingrid Bruham won it, Alice Mills came second, and Libby Lenton was third. Yeah. And and then, you know, people won medals in the um yeah, you know, I think I think Matt. Oh yeah, the, the men won medals. Um uh who's the backstroker from Victoria? Um Matt
1: Walsh. I think he yeah. won a medal in fly. Um anyway. It yeah, could, make... could fly Matty well, especially over 50. It was pretty quick.
0: Yeah. So we had a really good meet sprint
1: wise. And then
0: I think that really changed people's thinking. Um and uh be- because the 50, you can't make a mistake. And, and some of my swimmers I'm coaching now, they're starting to realise just how hard a fifty is. Yeah. Because you can't sprint a 50. Everyone thinks, oh, I just swim flat out. No, 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 you, you can't. You can swim flat out
1: for about eight seconds. So that gets you to about the 20-metre mark. I love that you said that because there's so often you hear the kids, they say, I'll go on the 50 and like, you got it? Yeah, yeah. I'll just send it. That's what they say. Just send it. And then they walk off and to your point, they think they're just going to dive in and go, Max. Yeah. So please extrapolate on that, Shannon, because I 100% agree with you and, and I'm sure um, there's coaches out there listening they are like, is it 50 just to dive in and go as hard as you can? Yeah. Nah. So,
0: I mean, if, if we were like true sprinting, there'd be a 25 meter race at the Olympics, you know, which would be the equivalent of the 100 meters in, a, in track. So, we're talking about a 200 meter race on the track. You can't, you can't even, like, like eh, yeah, I won't get into the 100 on, on track, but that, that's a really interesting event, you know? Yeah. And, um, but you definitely can't sprint a 200 on the track. So that's what we're talking about um, in, in, in time-wise. Um, and if you, if you look at a 50, and this is something I was really big on when I was just solely coaching sprinters, uh, and I was not interested in anything above two laps. Um, and what I, you know, one, as a coach, you've got to want to coach sprinters. Um, and then you got to really dive into it. And I remember saying to, to my squad, if if you want to sign up for sprinting, you're signing up for the the toughest, hardest event. Yeah, you know, they're looking at me like, what's he <laughs> what's he talking about? I'm like, well, you can't make a mistake. You swim a four hundred, fifteen hundred, eight hundred. You could like the person who wins it. You know, it was. Grant Hackett was swimming at the time and stuff. What He was winning by like 20 meters, most occasions, you know, distance event. Um, sometimes they're close, but most of the time they're not. Yeah, it's not coming down to a dive, is it? No. Nah. And you could can, can stuff, you know, five, six turns and still get away with it. Well, you stuff the start in a 50. Well, you might as well hop out and get, you know, <laughs> like you're not going to win. And 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 getting back to the whole you can't sprint, I always look at the stroke rate If and my sort of go-to rule is whatever you start your rate at, you've got to be within two and certainly no more than two stroke rate by the end. Yeah. So if you start at 59, you have to be within 57. 57 is as low as you can go. If you start at 61... And finish at 57 you're spinning your wheels
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right so there has to be some form of control in the, those breakout strokes across all for all the strokes so that you so that you've got speed at the end and you look at a lot of races and it's hard to call around that 30 35 meter mark and then about four meters later all of a sudden like in the blink of an eye oh there's the winner, or oh, it's now between these two. And it's not what happened there. You have to go back and look at what was happening in that first 20 meters.
1: Yep. And that's where the mistake was made. So it's very similar to the 100 as well, in terms of that first 25, first 30 meters and that easy speed, and people who sort of get that right or get that wrong. Yeah. But to your point, over 50. You know, <laughs> you don't have a, you don't have a turn, and you you can't come back. So even there, there's still an element of you know, if you've got a good back end speed, you might be able to catch something up there or, or whatever it might be. But yeah. yeah, over fifty, yeah, if you if you mess that up, I think the last the the last race I saw that was dominantly won in a fifty was at the Olympics. I think Dressel. In the 53, uh, that was that was pretty dominant, I thought, but I, I hadn't seen, to your point, when, the, you know, that last four metres, someone just breaks away or whatever it may be, um, but that was the last race I saw. We saw that in the women's where Emma Emma won the 50. That was a little bit similar, wasn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, with Dressel, he starts just
0: head and shoulders above everybody else's mm. um, to the point where I've looked a lot of it at, at his start and we're doing some drills, um that's that in some of those drills that I've found online that he does has really helped my group. Um, and yeah, Janetta Ottison had a, you know, she had the sort of she was the female dominant starter um, and uh, you know, she could win a 50 on the start mm. if if she did a number of things, right. And, um, and, you know, she was world champion in that 50 fly in, in 2013 and, um, it was all about her, we knew she'd win the start, um, it was about her controlling those first two or three strokes and not ripping and tearing them. And then, you know, always felt that she could hold hold uh, the opposition off if she did that. And Dressel, while I haven't looked at it as closely, um, his, his races, but his start is just absolutely dominant. Um, so, if you've got someone like that, they're going to be very
1: hard to beat. Um, so but it's yeah. crazy with his start, isn't it? It's almost like back to um, age group days where you've got that one kid who's just a phenomenal starter and leaves everybody else behind. But this is at the world's you know highest level, and and he always comes out uh, ahead and and leaves everybody uh, just behind. Now, I want to just quickly touch on. Obviously, we're talking about speed. We're talking about sprinters is there a moment you you know a breaststroker when you see it more often than not yeah do you do you know a sprinter when you see them when they're younger we we know that we we you know we're taught to develop all our swimmers equally across the board medley swimmers work on their capacities equally and 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 we do i'm not saying we, we change that but do you think you can look at a younger swimmer coming through and, and see a sprinter or is that something that you're not going to see probably till they start to mature uh, and get a bit bigger and get a bit stronger?
0: Um, yeah, I think they. it's harder to spot them and we're not always looking in the right area. So a lot of times people are looking at who's winning the races in those younger years, um, but... Maybe we should be looking at, you know, fifths and sixths, and things like that. You now, certainly um, with Jodie and Alice, they weren't the standout. They weren't winning races, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, e- even 14. So um, they were they were there, but someone else was. And, I, and, and you know, looking at um, Joe, like Rebecca Creedy was just absolutely trouncing people. Yeah. Well, if you look at Re- Rebecca Creedy now, like in the yeah you know, couple of years back, she was doing the uh, women's Ironman surf stuff. I mean, those events go for ex, you know, yeah, exponential yeah. time. Um, sprinters, like a true a sprinter, that's just not going to happen. No, in the first place, they don't even want to do that. You know, no. so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I do think we, we probably missed the boat a lot. Um, and we, you know, people, you're yeah, talking about um, building that aerobicness nature. And again, you know, we heard Steve and Tig talking about it. You know, it's, it's capacity you want to build, which is what I was saying. What I've done over the last 12 months with a with, with sprinter that I've got in my program at the moment, I'm just that trainability, it's all I'm trying to develop. Nothing to do with threshold, you know. So, you know, if you're in a squad and you're ramping them up, and let's hold the fastest times possible for whatever, mm, you could be killing your sprinters, and you don't know it. So, um, so yeah. So, I, uh, you know, I think we've got to be very careful, not just with sprinting as well, uh, breaststrokers. Um, all sorts of events we've got to be careful about who we're identifying and you know it's not necessary the podium at those younger ages
1: are the best athletes Mm. quick question off the top of my head is there a set or is there a a a sort of sometimes you see it or you hear it or a coach will tell you they're doing something where you immediately go the face you just did them before you're like oh why are you doing that's that's not that that's too much for a sprinter is there some, is there something you you hear or you see coaches doing you may have done it when you were younger as well and you learnt from it and went oh okay no I've I've killed their speed is there a certain yeah uh look yeah
0: there is and certainly I've I've made mistakes in, in my younger years um the, I, I would just say out and out um oh well actually there's two comes to mind, anything to do with short rest and um, which is, yeah, you know, aerobic, uh, that sort of aerobic power type area or, um, uh, yeah, big threshold sets. So, so I, you know, I don't mind descending down to threshold, you know, um, but even then I've thought, uh, you know, in my head now I'm thinking maybe I didn't even need to do any of that. Yeah. But, yeah, certainly, you know, one that, a uh, simple one would be like, you know, 15 ones or something like that or even 10, you know, holding best average, you know, you, you don't want them anywhere near that sort of stuff.
1: Mm. Now yeah. that brings me to the next question because I wanted to incorporate energy systems into this this chat because I think it, it all interwebs and, it, and it's really important and it's important to understand it. And I think once, you know, your athlete, so sometimes it's not that we're going out of our way to purposely, you know, kill their speed. We just might not know our athlete the way we should or the way we will eventually, cause we're still getting to know them. So when you're doing that with a sprinter, when you've got them doing, you know, 15 ones or 30 fifties on whatever, and, and, your point and and i've started to realize this as i've started to see different swimmers and we're killing the speed what, what what are we physically doing there in terms of energy systems wise what are we taking away that if we weren't doing that they would still have if that makes sense
0: yeah so i mean i'm no scientist so if we get a scientist on they can talk about all the red fibres, white
1: fibres, type one, type two. All that yeah. Stuff. We'll but get yarn. I'll get yarn on. on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um,
0: basically, you know, so in my head, um, you're, you're slowing them down for, you know, the first thing you're doing, you're slowing them down for two days' time. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're doing a sprint set. So, because um, you got to remember, you know, like if you're, if you've got a sprinter and, and say they, you know, say they, you know, a male sprinter and they're, they're, you, they're doing 25s, eight 25s walk backs or something like that. And, and they get, you know, a good time for them. Their best time's 10 1. Well, you know, what, do, what are you accepting? Are you going to accept 10 4, 10 5? Because that's no good.
1: Because
0: mm. it's, you know, four or five tenths off off their PB. You know, I, do you accept two tenths? Yeah, okay. You probably accept two tenths. So ten threes, eight eight twenty fives, going ten three or or better. But if if two days before you were damaging, you know, and, and they haven't had enough time to. Yeah, one, you're damaging the, the fiber, their energy loads, all those sorts of things. Um, and you're getting 10 sixes out of them. Well, you're just wasting your time. It, it has no relevance to what you're trying to achieve. But also that, and the other factor that comes into that is is where in the season. So, so for instance, like like I was doing hundreds with Matt, and I couldn't do any hundreds with him because his heart rate would just get too high. Um, so I just did all our, that sort of um, fitness work with a pool boy. And he, his heart rate, he had to keep his heart rate like 144, 145 area or, or lower. And, and you threw a pool boy on and, and he was quite good. Mm. That, so I was getting the heart rate response. I was getting him fitter without damaging his neuromuscular, muscular-wise. Yeah. And so then, when we went fast, we would just go fast. And and having said that, we you know, when I was training Matt, I was thinking, well, one, it was only it was a bit like Jess Hanson; was only one year or less. And and I just looked at him, and I knew he'd done a lot of sprinting, and, and he was fast, but he just he wasn't that trainable, you know. Um, but I knew there was pockets of times. In his past where he'd done some work and so all I tried to do we thought well for him his best chance to make the Olympic team was the 100 the relay Mm -hmm. anyway he ended up making the relay and he made the 50 so um so I thought that was you know looking back that was the smart thing to do so I was I knew I had to get him fitter but I knew I couldn't damage him So anything to do with fitness, just throw a pool boy on with him. And then the other thing that I did a lot of with Matt was just kicking. Just like I said, I think, was it last week we were talking about, you know, I'm just giving my guys a 1,000 kick every day. Yeah. We do stuff like that. And his kick improved out of sight, both in time but also in um, ability to be still working at the end of his race. So. Mm. It's um, funny you
1: say that, Shannon, about the heart rate and, and you know, just holding your pace through the hundreds and and not having to work too hard. Um, just going back to the Stephen Tigg episode where he said Kyle Chalmers was doing the hundreds with Duncan and Duncan was coming in on 115 to 120 or whatever, like just cruising. And and Kyle was still like just over a minute or something, wasn't he? Like, and he's coming in, he's got. what are you doing? He's like, ah I like to go fast, you know. <laughs> so it is interesting when you've got sprinters trying to get them to to bring that sort of back a little bit and understand what role that aerobic training plays, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely.
0: So you want to get – I sort of call it – you want to sneak up on fitness. You want to get fitter without damaging the fast twitch sort of fibres and stuff like that. Now, you know um, – I tried to, you know, well, this season, you know, two-thirds in, in the past, you know, in reverse periodization. we're working on speed and we're working on their yeah, aerobic capacity. And then there comes a time, especially if you're working for the 100, you've got to go, all right, well, this is as fast as we're going to get this season. Now we've got to try and train the second half of the race. Yeah. Um, but obviously you don't have to do that if you're just training for a 50, um, but certainly for the 100, there's an element there. So, so then it starts getting, uh, you know, the the, the mixtures become, um, you know, th- there's more colours to the rainbow, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to then, okay, I know there's going to be times where they're not going to be as fast over their short stuff as they were when we were just sort of being in that polar uh, training area. So. Um, but then you've got to come up with what is too slow, you know, where, you know, you've got to try and take them to the to the edge without bearing them, you know, so that they're still in touch with that speed. So they might go, you know, that, that pure speed area might be off a little bit, but you don't want it off a lot, you know. Um, so, and... That's, I mean, and, and yeah, that's probably where I, I I find that quite interesting. The whole hundred, yeah. um, but having said that, I'm probably more ready now than ever to coach just just at pure fifty. Whereas when I was younger, I I wasn't. I I, I don't actually think it would have been that good for me either as as a, as a coach in my development just to be solely coaching a fifty. So.
1: Yeah, well, it's because you slayed your dragon. See, now you now you're free. You can kind of you wander again. You know, oh, I want to try this, and so let's try that. Um, Very true. Yeah, my next question just around what you're talking about. Then, when we're training pure speed, yeah, this is you know, and a lot of people have the probably the right answers to this, but this is question for someone who's listening to who might not. They might think they're doing it, but they, you know, this answer might make them rethink that. How far or what, um, it's more to do with time at max. What time at max do you do when you're training pure speed? 15
0: metres and 20 metres. I think you can do 25s, um, but you've got to think about the cycle that you're doing them on. Um, And so for that, you know, Pure twenty-five. If you do enough twenty-fives, you can get some high lactates. So if you're, if that's your aim, um, and you're in that real early season area, uh, I've been surprised with some of my swimmers how high their lactates can get over over just a set of twenty-fives. So it's sort of like three hundred meters of twenty-five meter sprinting. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were just going for pure speed, you know, you'd be doing. the rest in between would be you you blow it right out um whereas 15 meter and 20 meter sprints yeah you're good to do lots of them um you don't have to wait around for a couple of minutes or anything like that um so um so my you know i think during the yeah, in, in a weekly thing, like I, I think I said to you, real early season, we were doing 40 to 50 short sprints, but that wasn't 40 to 50 25s.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah and and we're talking freestyle here. Now, breaststroke, well, it's a different kettle of fish again, you know, um, it'd be quite hard to get a high sort of teens lactate on with a breaststroker um, over, over just doing 25s. now. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Adam Peaty, but even the stuff I heard about Adam in, um, when I was in Edinburgh, yeah, but he could swim real fast and his lactates were like 10, 11. So mm. whether that's changed, I don't know. And they were over 50s. Yeah. So, and that's the thing, breaststroke is just a lot different to the other strokes. So, um, but um, yeah. and then you know high real high lactates i've done you know 30s and 35s if you're in a 50 meter pool that's really good i wouldn't do 30s or 35s um in a short course pool you know uh, um but long long course you know 35 meters you can get really good you can keep swimming faster for longer so say if you went 10 35s or 8 35s well you're You'll speed through the water, you're gonna be able to keep that going much better than if you went like six or seven fifties. Mm. So so and there's so many variations, isn't there? You can start with short, go into that 35 area, and then so you've got a bit of a combination going. You can just do 35s, you can just do 50s. Yeah.
1: And once you go to those thirty fives and 50s, Shanna, this is just a question off the top of my head now. Too, now we're training speed, and it's intermingling with our anaerobic capacity, anaerobic power, power. Yeah. So, um,
0: so again, like if you would do, if you did, oh, let's just say six fifties on eight minutes. That's that's more capacity. Than if you did six fifties on 130 or two minutes or eight fifties. And just as if and I think I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we did two fifties because we're deep into the season. I wouldn't do this set early season, but we did two fifties and then swam off four one hundreds, and we did that four times. Now that's much more capacity orientated. Than doing eight fifties in a row, yeah. Eight fifties in a row, you know, you train in the back end of the race. So a fifty meter swimmer doesn't need to do anything like eight fifties on two minutes, mm. you
1: know,
0: back end speed or anything like that. So,
1: yeah, um, no, I just, well, I just wanted to bring it up just again for the listeners, yeah. just to sort of understand that now, now there's some of those systems because we wanted to talk about energy. Now we're training them and they're sort of intermingling, aren't they? It's not pure. Oh, absolutely. You know, like um, one of the I can't remember who said it
0: to me, but yeah, when you're going flat out, everything's eventually every you end up training everything, the whole system. But if you only go for like seven or eight seconds, that's not happening. Mm. But the longer you go, the deeper into it you go, the more everything, you know,
1: VO2 and you go through threat, you know, the whole. Kit and caboodle, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the colours of the rainbow. Uh, So yeah, so
0: so when you're designing your sets, you got to think of duration, and then the cycle, and whether you do, you know, do you put it into blocks? You know, a lot of coaches, you know, they'll hit it and then they swim off and then they'll hit it
1: again, or do you just go straight through? So. It's interesting too, Shannon, isn't it, with speed? I don't know if it's you who said it, I heard it on this podcast or someone else, I can't remember, but with speed, you know, when we're doing, say, when we're doing uh, dive practice or even turn practice, and we always want our turns to be obviously tip top, so fast in, fast out, you might not know this, but you're training speed at that point, Right. Yeah, absolutely. So you're not putting it in your diary, though, or, you know, speed. like sometimes I know for me I've sort of let it pass, like, oh, not, I haven't done a lot of speed. But when you look back, well, actually I have, it's interwoven into nearly most of the, my sets.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you've got to be careful. Um, you got to be careful. Yeah, it's just like, you know, volume or, you know, volume of intensity, volume of uh, you know, total volume, you've got to have your finger on the pulse on everything. You know, I, I can remember, and I actually don't think I was on this team, um, but they came back or it, it might have been a training camp, and they were doing uh, relay changeovers um, and they decided to get a lactate off the relay changeovers and they had really high lactates. And they might have been doing relay changeovers like 20 minutes. now yeah. <laughs> Like you know, the whole reason why I remember is because at the time, a lot of people were were surprised. Mm. Imagine if the next day you did a quality set.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're in.
0: You guys aren't coming. (laughs) Playing your part, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What are you even doing here? (laughs) Well, yeah, and I'm I'm glad. Well, that's why I brought it up because I think sometimes as coaches, and I've been guilty many times. You know, I'm far down the ladder more than you are, so I've got many more mistakes to make. Um, but you know, I've been guilty of doing a set, and then the next day, the you know, it's not the the quality of work isn't what I wanted it to be, and then looking back, going, oh shit, actually, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it was me, maybe it wasn't them.
0: Yeah, it's a bit like when I was saying, um, I think it was, oh, it's probably last year I was talking to a coach, and and they were doing like you know. Heart rate or something like that threshold on Monday night. And then Tuesday morning, you know, it was just aerobic. And then they went heart rate again or threshold on Wednesday. They did an IM set Tuesday afternoon. And I, you know, I was looking at their week and I, I asked, when you said you're doing kick set on Tuesday morning, what sort of kicks at Oh, nothing, you know, just kick on 140. I'm like, whoa, what's <laughs> their heart rate then? Yeah. You've got to really, you know, Bob Jaffin talked to me a lot about this, you know, you, you, planning of your week is really important and, you know, Brant Best talked about, you know, with Maggie, and I thought that was a great, um, I, I can't remember if it was on, when we talked on here or when I talked to... Um, Matt Trodden, Brant and I talked to Matt Trodden and Mark Skimming about the differences between males and females. Um, Yeah, Brant talked about, you know, on Monday and then maybe on Friday, you know. But I think the difference there too, um, which was evident, is how much Brant thought about um, the neuromuscular system and how much I thought about the lactate system and i think there lies the difference between a male sprinter and a female sprinter so you
1: can't treat them again you can't treat them the same so Mate, there's no wonder poor old Robbie's sitting at the back of these conferences, scratching his head with all these different things we've got to we've got to try and think about. But it is it's it's what separates the the best coaches from from those who aren't quite there just yet in terms well, of the understanding.
0: Mate, everyone's
1: scratching their head, like you
0: know. I stopped going to conferences, that's <laughs> why I've still got hair. So, um, oh, the I was just getting so confused, but it, it, it's not. It's not simple, um, and you're trying to work out what's going on without having the laboratory beside you, mm. and then then you've got the individual. So, you know, some some people can handle more intensity than others, and some people can handle more volume than others because they don't break down. Other people get injured. You know, Jody couldn't use paddles of any description. Others can use. Paddles all day long, you know, like so. You've got to then train the person in front of you as well. So, um, you, but I do think it is important to understand, um, the, the science behind it because I think you give yourself a better chance of repeatability of success. Um, otherwise, you just end up being a bit of a pendulum that just swings around and every now and then, like I'm, I used to say, like, like I'm a monkey. Swinging from the tree with a gun, every now and again you'll hit the target, but not always likely.
1: <laughs> Mate, I want to do something we we always like to do here. Would you like to give our top three or just a little list for people because they like to play it along at home? Um, your best sprinters that you've not coached but just observed from afar. Um, obviously, let's let's reach it out to say at least the hundred as well. Let's not specific. Keep it specific to fifty. Um, Have you got male best sprinters that you've been fortunate enough to observe or see racing or? Um, Yeah, there's a few, eh?
0: Like it's a bit like what um, Stephen Tig was talking about. Um, On a different day, you could say a different – but
1: I just want – I just want to put it out there. You didn't even prompt me on this. This is straight no, off. No, I didn't. I actually wrote it down as we as we were talking. I was like, actually, yeah, let's let's ask about sprinters.
0: Yeah. So I would say um, the first one that comes to mind is Tom Yeager. Okay. I actually um, I saw Tom break the world record in Brisbane, mm-hmm. in 1987, at the Panpax. I think at that time, from memory, it was like 22. Zero four or something like that. Um, and so yeah, I was like, poor, I would have been like 15 going on 16 at that time. Um, and Tom was just, yeah, phenomenal sprinter, world record holder. Um, and then, yeah, the other time, himself and Matt Biondi, you know, with the first two guys, I think they did it in the same race. first two guys to break 22 seconds, Mm. and, you know, like put it in perspective, I'd actually like to see, you know what swimming should do? They should run, you know how you have historics Mm -hmm. or um, retro? We Mm. we should run a retro meet (laughs) and get out the old lanes,
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) you know, everyone's in training togs. We're going to put the flat blocks out, you know, or just that little curve, no kicker.
1: The old lanes with the rope and the corks.
0: Yeah, not even, you don't even have to go back that far. You, you could still go retro. Retro is pretty much 80s, isn't it? You know, like you'd be surprised how small though, you know, when those first lane wraps first came out, they were tiny compared to what they are now. <laughs> and then you haven't got the kicker at the back. So, you know, going 21 back in the mid 80s is seriously good swimming.
1: Mm. And um, do you have to go back in the race suits too, Shannon. They've just got to put the, yeah, just the little togs back on. Yeah. Yeah, just the little ones.
0: Don't you think? I reckon that'd be, you know, you could you could sell some serious tickets.
1: Yeah, I think you know, you're you, a thinker. You're, a, um, you're an
0: ideas man. Because <laughs> that would really uh, spice things up. Let's just say. Yeah. Um. And, and I think you'd you'd get uh, a few people, not even just pure swimming people, that would be interested to see one how fast can they go, and two. Who's going to win? Mm. It had it, changed two, th- two results, I reckon.
1: The other thing too, just bouncing off that, is, uh, you know, how they always have the world record and that sort of stuff. I think the world record that shows up should be the world record of that time, of that era. So you get to get a comparison, as you say, about with the yeah. elements and the and the environment and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you get a real true representation.
0: Yeah. And then my, my other two um, sprinters uh, that come to mind are uh, Matt Biondi. Now, I mean, he, his range was just phenomenal. Um, and then the third one was so, same as um, Stephen T, uh, Alex Popov. Um, they're the three, you know. And, you know, on another day, I, I, Peter Van Hoogenben, you know, you, you put him in there, but uh, they're. The three that I think, know, um, yeah, Matt just he he had a range from fifty through to two hundred, and um, you know he was six foot seven, just beautiful swimmer to watch. Then you got Alex. Um, he's just he was just yeah. You talk about not making mistakes or being cool under pressure. I mean Alex and and in just pure swimming ability um, and how how he could swim through the water and stuff. Um and just find the wall. Mm. So uh yeah, those those are the three males.
1: Yeah, well, I am gonna add a few others just to be different, because I would have had Popoff and, and Venon and Hugan Ben as well, but just to be different, I think Eamon Sullivan's four forty seven oh uh in Beijing quite often gets uh forgotten about or doesn't for me, but I, I think that was that was super quick and and him at his best, he was certainly one of the top sprinters. Um so I, I was looking at it. And then Dressel at the moment, I just don't know. He's just sort of in a league of his own at times, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I know we go back to the start and the skills and all that, but still, you know, just looking at his dominance in in um, in Tokyo, I, I think he, he's got to be put up there as one of the top now. Well,
0: I think one of the things that impressed me about Dressel um, was he didn't breathe in the last 15. Yeah. And and they trained for that because they knew Kyle was coming. Um, And someone told me, I think it was AOS. It was before I went to the AOS. I think it might have been Bruce Mason. Um, So, and and this is the other thing about sprinting. You, You have to train the hypoxic nature of the event. Make no mistake of that. And we did a lot of that. Like, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, uh, Jody could do 1050s on a minute without breathing. Wow.
1: Hmm. That's,
0: that, that is impressive. Mate, oh, anyway, <laughs> funny story. Um, <laughs> we were on a camp in 2005, and um, Pierre LaFontaine, yeah, he had his group. And, you know, each of us had groups. Vince Raleigh had his group, and there was myself um and um I think John Fowley was assistant coach to Pierre at that stage, and they used to it was like Jurassic Park, like they used to do ten k sessions and all that sort of <laughs> stuff and um, you yeah, know, we were sitting there doing our five k or whatever anyway, and they were out before us, <laughs> and one of the swimmers i'm not gonna i i'm not gonna name the swimmer, but you know, it was a male swimmer. He, he gets out he comes over and we used to get on quite well you know, and he get, was giving me a bit of banter and and just said you know what what's what's Jody doing and blowing bubbles or something you know 1050s <laughs> on the minute and he starts you know laughing and I said oh no breathing he goes oh bullshit
1: mm.
0: and uh, I said no yeah, well just watch anyway and he watched a few you know, she's doing it uh, and then I thought, I'm going to really impress I'm going to start talking to her at the end. So I was chatting, asking her questions and stuff or saying this or that. She's answering me, off she go. <laughs> That's how relaxed Jody could swim. Yeah. And to sw- sw- swim fast for a long period of time, you have to have relaxation. So you have to teach relaxation. Uh, and a very good way to do that is training hypoxic. Uh, and I remember, you know, I mentioned Tom Age. I remember a set that he that w- he would do it was like four fifties on twenty minutes. Uh, and I gave this to Alex, uh, Alex Alice Mills, uh, in the preparation for the worlds know, 'O three. Um, it was four fifties on twenty minutes, and he would do that without, you know, each fifty was without a breath. Um, so. Uh, uh, Alice didn't do the no breathing thing. We just did four 50s on 20 minutes. But um, jo, jo had fantastic relaxation in the water and mm-hmm. um, and she could do some amazing things. But, you know, to get to that point of 10, 10, 50s on a minute, that took a long time, you know. So I'd started coaching her in 97. I'm talking about 2005. So, um, but she did have a natural, um, her natural de- demeanor was, to be able to swim without breathing, like if I'd have asked her to breathe twos, well, for starters, I don't even think I've ever seen her breathe twos, and I reckon that would be quite hard for her. Yeah. So she was always breathing fours or
1: sixes or eights or whatever. Well, I'm glad you bring up the girls because my next one was, who who do you think the the best female sprinters uh, have been, excluding your swimmers, of course? Um only have to give a few. Mm. Mm. Are we talking Australian? No, I, I'm happy to go broad. So for me, like I always. Not Australian. No, nah, no. Nah, mm-hmm. Well, it, it no, can. Can't.
0: Oh,
1: well. When I say you can't say your own, you can't say Jodie or Ellis or. Okay. Um, look,
0: the first one, I would say Sarah Sostrom.
1: Yeah. That's who I had.
0: Yeah. You yeah, know, talk about impressive. Oh, she's very impressive. Uh, you know, 2011, Greg Salter was head coach of Sweden, and I was doing a camp in um, in Spain, Malaga. And, um, and Greg, we were at the same pool, and he, he must, he put her in with my group probably five sessions in the week in that. We are doing a kick set, and it was descend, and she just missed it. You know, she didn't understand what I was at. Anyway, and, you know, I think it was 200s or something like that, and she wasn't going any faster. I said, oh, Sarah, you've got to go faster on the last one. And Anyway, and she went like, yeah two 240-something for a turn-of-fly kick, and, and she was still sort of like just I don't even think she got out of third gear, you know, the yeah. F- Foot flexibility is just sensational. The range, you know, if you've ever seen her underwater, fantastic. Freestyle fly, just an awesome swimmer, you know. Um, So it's just impressive across the board, you know. Um, And then after that, there's been a lot, hasn't there? More so than the men, do you think? Yeah, there's been yeah, there's been the some turnover stuff. is 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 greater with female uh, racing. Yeah, there, there's a topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Uh. Inga de Bruin. That's what I was gonna. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. um, know. Just as a pure fan of swimming, growing up at that time, she was. She was sort of the pinnacle of, and that's what everyone was trying to get to instead of consistent form in in terms of across the world. Do you think she was always, some would get her, some would not, but she was always, she was always at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. And she was a big name, wasn't she? Like, you know, a
1: lot of people swimming or not swimming, you know, Inga de Bruyne and that. So, um, that's so why I still rate that 100 fly from Patria from Athens so highly mm. for, for what she went through. And, and anyway, we can get into the backstory of all the, the poor stuff that, that Patria had to go through just to get to that moment, but then to knock off someone like an Inga de Bruyne. Yeah, the, that's exactly of- right. And it's like that, that's such a big deal, isn't it? Like the, the people,
0: you could race, you, you know, you, you could be in a race and win and there was no one in it. Yeah, for some reason. Um, yeah, and there was some events at the Olympics that that was the case. Or you could, you know, like Petraea beat Inga, Jodie beat Inga, uh, Natalie Coghlan was on the dice, like to, to to win, but then to to beat, you know, a star-studded dias as well. Like uh, that's probably where not enough of that is, is emphasised in swimming. It's so much more time, you know, mm. whereas, you know, if it's a tennis game or, um, you know, boxing, you know, your stats can say one thing in boxing, but it's actually who you've beaten, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, Ing de Bruin. And then the third name, how far do we go back?
1: It's up to you. You're, you're not being disrespectful, but your brain can go back a bit further than mine. <laughs> well, you'd have to say Dawn Fraser. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: And I know she's Australian, but I think she's far
1: far enough back that, yeah, I'm not going to um, offend anybody. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, well, everybody knows. Everybody knows what, what Dawn achieved in the pool and absolutely. Um that's why she's still held in such high regard today and still gets about pool deck. There's Quite often you see her at nationals just standing around having chats with people and, and loving it. So she clearly loves loves the sport. Um, just wanna, just getting back to energy systems just for a second, mate, in terms of um, training for, for sprinters, whether it's a 50, whether it's a 50-100 swimmer. Uh, are there certain elements of the systems that we don't want to hit? So we, we talked about when we first came back after COVID uh, here on the podcast um, wanting to be at the, the very ends of the spectrum. We wanted yeah. to just train short and fast and long and easy. We didn't want to get in between. When you're training a, a pure sprinter, do you want to get in the middle? Do, should we be working anaerobic power? Do we need to be working in the, in the power systems oh, for a the lot? Yeah, for the 100 you
0: do. For the 50 you don't.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: um, and that's where, yeah,
1: I'm just trying to think. Is there anyone just purely training for the 50 at the moment? Um, I don't know. Maybe some of the bigger boys, maybe like a, a Manadu or a Bruno. Bruno. Uh, he, yeah. he did well at the Olympics, didn't he? And I don't know whether, um, I know Brett was doing a little bit of work with him, so whether they were just doing pure 50 work.
0: Yeah, but like in the capacity area, you got aerobic one, aerobic two, and aerobic three, and then after that, it comes threshold. Well, thresholds in the aerobic power area. Aerobic A three is top end of your capacity, and you know, so one, two, and three is is where you're trying to stay um, in that certainly if you're training for the 50 or you're just trying to improve your, yeah, you know, if you're trying to lift your anaerobic capacity, you yeah. know. So, yeah, if you're starting the season and you've got a, a sprinter who can only lactate to 14 um, and now they can, you know, you're trying to go, all right, let's, let's see if we can get you to 16, 17, 18, but then you're tra- training for the 100. Well, you don't necessarily need someone to be, you know, that high you might want to then bring them back a little bit. So that's when you can bring in a, a bit of threshold or, or more of that um, lactate tolerance type work, the anaerobic power. Um, but that's just how you, you know, um, once you get into aerobic power, which is like threshold, critical, you know, critical velocity, um, VO2 max, all that stuff is going to, Be detrimental to speed yeah so um so yeah so i think one of the things you know what i've tried to do as well is train the heart but not necessarily the muscle at that at those ends you know so if you can think of it like in those two things um and then you've got to allow enough time you know so 48 hours 60 hours so if you're doing um capacity yeah, you, know, you could probably go, for, you know, 48 hours would be the shortest amount of time, so it's something on Monday and Wednesday and then you might do something Saturday morning. But that would be quite hard to do that week in, week out, you know, So, um, but especially, you know, 50s. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan of sort of 60 hours in between. Yeah. Um, and then if you want a super compensation or, or Um, or an adaptation, you know, I I sort of work on 72 hours for that. Um, But, again, so how many times you hit them in a week probably depends on, one, how big the set is, and, two, whether they're, you know, shorter fractions, 15s, 20s, 25s, or are you doing 35s and 50s? If you're doing 35s and 50s, that's quite becomes quite hard to hit them three times a week doing that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. And then just going back to sprint freestyle in particular, meeting you've you've seen a lot of swimmers come in, you've seen a lot of swimmers go out. What 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 do the best sprint freestyle swimmers, male or female, what traits do they all have? Do you think? What is is there similarities? Are there is there certain uh, traits that you know when you look back and look across them that they've all sort of uh, they've all got, and you can identify that? If you were doing a sprint freestyle seminar. Could you put up, you know, five dot points of traits that all sprint freestylers, well, most have? Um, I think, one, um, the ability
0: to be able to focus um, in training on on those little things um, and to get those things right, um, not yeah, so so basically that less is more. So less is more only works if you've got someone who who can has that ability to sort of just go. Yeah. You know, if they've got that mindset where no, nah, doesn't really matter. Yeah, you, know, you talk to the athlete, they look up, they just push off and do the same thing. <laughs> mm. Well, this is you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sprinters aren't like that you know um so they want to get things right that, that they recognize important so so there's that mental capability that male or female you know attention to detail has all been there um and um the next thing it's probably more so to do with the type of sprinter that i like but i think you've got to be good at pull yeah, you know, because that's the most propulsive part. Yeah, you know, in fact, I'd be surprised if you weren't that of anyone who wasn't good at pull and was a sprinter. You know, so um, I think it's a critical area in in freestyle sprinting because it's the more propulsive than than kicking. And then yeah. on that other side, kicking. You know, you don't have to have the fastest kick, but it needs to be a you know. Um, it needs to be there throughout the entire race.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and Penilla Bloom, like she was – she's by far the best swimmer I've coached with the worst kick, but she was exceptionally good at pull, and she had great body position. So her legs didn't get in the road. Um, you know, and, and Penilla and Jody both sat in the water very similar. Um, and so Alice's legs – Alice had a really – she was a fast kicker. She was like, um, I think the other day Josh said to me, oh, um, someone, some, I can't even remember if it was, I'm sure it wasn't Emma McKeon. One of the big Australian swimmers, female swimmers now, they must have done a 50 kick and they put it up on Instagram or something. Mm. Someone it and it was 32. <laughs> he tells me. Anyway, I went, oh, Alice did that when she was 15. Alice was like 32 seconds for a 50 kick push at 15 easy um but Alice's Alice's body position was different to Penella and and uh Jode so she her legs sat lower in the water um so towards the end of the race
1: you know she was creating more drag than um than the other two it's funny you say that about Paul I remember Drew did a while I was up in Queensland did a chat about um, the importance of of doing pull in your programs and doing a pull set, not just having pull be a part of your program, but having days for pull. And that I, I think it was something, and you you might have seen this this stats, but it was something like seventy something percent of the outcome of the race was based off pull.
0: Yeah, I mean this afternoon, that's what we have got. Um, we got a pull set, and um, yeah, we got to the end of the week last week and. One of the girls said, geez, we've done a lot of pull this week, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, so um, and I'm probably doing not as much at the moment as what I've done in the past, you know. Um, so but, yeah, we've got a pull set this afternoon and it's,
1: it's the second one for the week. Mm. Now I want to wrap it up soon, Shannon, because you and I can talk forever and and we've proven that on many, many occasions. Yeah. <laughs> We don't need to prove it anymore. I uh, know, I know. We don't, we don't. Um, I've got two more questions though. Um, one, I'll, I'll ask both of them and then you can work it in how you like. One is, especially for your older athletes, how does gym incorporate into, into sprint freestyle in particular and, and how important is it and what, what do you want to be seeing your athletes doing in the gym? And then the second one is in terms of uh, sessions per week, what, what are sprinters? And now we're talking more at an elite level, obviously. We're not talking at a, a junior level now, uh, an age group level, but at a senior level. What, what sessions? Do they still need to be doing the amount of sessions that they might have been doing when they were, you know, 14, 15? Or do we look at it a little bit differently now? So I'll give you those two to do with what you will. Um. Yeah, look,
0: yeah, Again, if you're just training for a fifty, I think you can do less. But um, for the for hundred meter people, train eight and nine sessions um, a week. Um, you know, Janetta was eight sessions a week. Um, Jody and Alice were, you know, were, you know nine nine sessions has been my bread and butter um, for you know, for a long time. Um, but I've, having said that, I think, you know, say winter, if you wanted to um, work on strength a little bit more in the gym, you could do, you know, drop a, a pool session and add a, a gym session. So, you know, you could go to uh, three gyms a week. Um, most of the time um, throughout my whole coaching career, it's, it's been uh, two gym sessions uh, and the third one, would be like what I would call I, I just call it body fitness like calisthenic type movements, mm-hmm. um, rehab type stuff, um, and uh, and you know sometimes like with uh, Jeanette you couldn't let her do three um, a week because she she just sort of muscle up too much so um, so you've always got to keep that in mind you yeah? know. Whereas you might have a, a finer type athlete who, who doesn't muscle up as much, they might be able to do a bit more. Yeah. Uh, gym wise, look, I think um, it's, I think I've alluded to it in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, um, Mitch Pembleton was SNC guy here um, in Canberra until last Christmas. And um, so, it's, you know, three and a half years worked with him and he worked in Stirling with um, the Sterling crew, um, and, and, you know, and it, I heard this even um, before when, when I was in Edinburgh that, um, you know, Duncan Scott was the worst in the gym of the whole group, <laughs> but he, you know, he
1: was the best in the pool. So, yeah. you know, the jury's still out. Um, but They love it in America, don't they? I, I know I was talking to the um some of our Aussie swimmers who are over there in in the college systems at the moment and they they you know they say the the, the gym program is very important over there for their swimming
0: well it's yards isn't it so the shorter the pool the more important it, it gets um so so that that is is the reason for that mm. um you yeah, know they, they have a, a hell of a lot of swimmers we don't they, but they have a hell of a lot more swimmers swim yards than long-course metres, don't they? Yeah, you know, we see a very small proportion of Americans swimming long-course metres in relation to how many are being trained for yard swimming. Would that yeah. be fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, whereas you know, I'm really looking forward to a short-course season, let's hope we get one
1: yeah yeah. well well, we've missed yeah two haven't we
0: missed the last two so um i want to do a few different things and uh and, and you know hone up on some skill areas and yeah we haven't had one so um but that that's that's the the sort of number one reason for that you can just be so much more aggressive the walls are so much more important um and, and you know they're all strength areas that mm. that do require good strength so
1: all right mate i think that is a perfect chance to to wrap it up there and um, i've really enjoyed this chat mate i've written down a few things hopefully again the coaches have too because you know I'll go back to where we where we started that that's why we do this chat so that hopefully um, coaches are, are able to get something out of it um I know, I, as I said, I know I do. And Shannon, I've, I've, actually, one more question for you: Do you find yourself? This is episode number seventeen. Are you finding it uh, a positive thing for you and your own coaching? You know, going over things, maybe looking at things again that maybe you hadn't thought of for a while. Because I've asked a question like, "Should haven't thought of that for years?" Does has that brought back anything for you to? Um, you know, again, help, help the program that you're doing at the moment, or bring back something, you know, a memory that you'd let go for a while. Because God knows, I always think my brain's like an old computer, like it's full. I've got to take something out to let something back in. It just, it's just so hard to just keep shoving stuff in. So, do have you found the podcast has been good for you in that way?
0: Yeah, I, I, I do think so because, um, and certainly when you're talking to other coaches, you know, when we get a guest on and stuff. Um, and it was one of the questions yesterday with Ron, you know, and areas that you can improve on or, or stuff. And you know, it was like probably education stuff, and and, uh, and and I marked myself pretty hard in that area. And he said, "Oh, what about the podcast? Like, that? Do you think that's anyway?" And then we got chatting, and then it was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, probably am doing a bit more <laughs> than I'm thinking, you know." So, yeah. so yeah, to answer your question, I, th- I think so because. And, and we've all been in this. A eh? like you see someone doing something, and you go, oh, "I used to do that <laughs> yeah. five years ago." And you yeah. and you've you know, for whatever reason, your brain got full, and you had to throw something out, or you, you know, that was prevalent to a group of swimmers that you had, and then now you've got a different group, so you're not doing those sorts of things. But you know, the hypoxic thing. You know, I'm doing less hypoxic now than I did. You know if you walked into my program when i had you know um jody Alice, panilla janetta matt you know, that uh we do a, we do a bit but certainly nothing like we've done in the past so
1: yeah yeah no it is always good uh, and yeah these podcasts you know even for me with off the blocks i think sometimes because we do enjoy the chat we have a coffee and we sort of we sort of do forget that You know, it is having an effect, as I said, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about on this podcast I've implemented in in my own program in some way, shape or form, not like for like sometimes because, you know, you're coaching different athletes to to Mm. me, but certainly, um, you know, just little things. I wrote down actually while you said it because it reminded me of the session I went down and watched you do where you did some uh, underwater work across the pool. Yeah. And you mentioned it again today, and I, I wrote that down to just just a little something to add into our own program that we're not quite, we're still doing underwater work, but all of a sudden in the morning, oh, we're going to go side to side now, and the kids go, oh, this is different. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's doing the same thing in a different way, isn't it?
0: But it's funny, like my breaststrokers um, were saying to me, um, yeah, a couple of months back when we, we were doing a lot and... Um, we're doing a little bit less now, um, and uh, but they said, "Oh, you've got to really relax to be able to stay on cycle."
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. So, and, and that's absolutely. You know, it's what we talked about just a bit earlier about hypoxic and relaxing. So, it's it's almost self teaching,
1: you know. Um, so. Nah, mate, I love it. And as I said, hopefully the listeners are getting stuff out of it too. Thank you very much for joining us once again. We're going to try and get a, an interview with David Marsh sometime next week. Hopefully if we can align our our schedules, he's keen to come on and Shannon's keen to have a chat with him. we just got to line that up and we've got a few other episodes coming up shannon just some events that we're going to go back and and have a look over as well so i'm excited for that but um mate we we had this is how good we're getting at our job now i had like four dot points that's how we started today there was no notes there was no sheets four dot points now some people are smart ass are gonna listen and go yeah i could tell but others (laughs) others are gonna say Wow. Well done, boys. You're getting somewhere. So I'm pretty proud of us. We have four dot point. That's as far as we got. We, we did a good job. No, uh, uh, it's all your work. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Don't think so. You take my questions and make them sound good. So right, thank you very much for for being on again today. To all the listeners, thank you for joining us again today. If you're in Sydney, have a dry weekend. It's going to be hard because it's already pissing down outside. It looks like it's it's going to be raining again this weekend. If you're out at Junior State, uh, enjoy the weekend there. Uh, and if not, just enjoy the weekend and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, Robbie,
0: and good luck to everybody in uh, landing that plane smoothly in the next couple of weeks for Age Nationals.